0: Welcome back to Definitely Not Definitive Podcast. I'm Ken.
1: And I'm Bethany.
0: And today we are reviewing and ranking and scoring the Avengers.
1: So to dive right in, the first category is lead male and lead female likability. And right from the get-go, we have a dilemma.
0: So the problem is that the lead female in this is Black Widow, and that's not a problem. But uh, I just don't think that she was... I just didn't think she was the lead. You thought that maybe... There could be a case for Black Widow and Hawkeye to be the leads for this.
1: Yeah, I think that their relationship and their journey, um, they were, in many respects, uh, a catalyst for the plot. So when looking at protagonists and antagonists, those two do fit the bill in some regard. I mean, obviously Hawkeye turning evil at Loki's scepter. Um, He then becomes uh, somebody who tries to put up hurdles in front of our, our leads, thus making him kind of villain-esque, but also very much in a sort of antagonistic category, whereas Black Widow, her journey becomes so invested in joining the Avengers because of Hawkeye and her relationship with him. So Hawkeye prompts Black Widow to join the Avengers, and she goes out and she recruits a bunch of other people for Nick Fury. So in a lot of ways, the two of them start everything. All that being said, when you look at the franchise for the Avengers and The journey of this team as a whole it in fact doesn't center around hawkeye and black widow it actually centers around two male characters
0: yeah so that's captain america and iron man um for me i think that captain america is the female in this one he's the one in the in the relationship that's that's the female uh he's he always does he's always right he always does the right thing um he's prettier than than Tony Stark
1: is.
0: (laughs) And, uh, you know, so I just think that, you know, and I think he's got a a bigger chest than Tony Stark as well.
1: Oh. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I if I had to choose between Tony Stark and Captain America for who's the classic female, it would probably fall more towards Captain America. Um, Iron Man is playboy he's a frat boy he's he just fits so many of those not always appealing male stereotypes whereas captain america is uh he's more chaste he wants to be in love not just bang people um
0: and you know and tony stark is the one that has you know the steady job the income he brings home the cheddar the bacon And so that's more, you know, and Captain America is a more traditional, like 1945 kind of, kind of woman. So he he would like that kind of relationship.
1: I don't even know what to say to you right now. Um, I know.
0: I knew that would get you going.
1: Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) I don't even know. Um... If I had to pick, I would say that Captain America probably does fit the bill for the female between the two, but I actually think that's a compliment to him because most of what puts Tony Stark in the male category is not very attractive qualities.
0: Yeah. But, so ranking them uh, both, so our lead male and lead male category for likability, uh, I give them both a three. I thought they were both badass in this. Uh, you know, Captain America jumping out of the the plane, the, the freighter, the, the one that raises up. They're a little like, you know, it turns in, it starts out as a boat and then raises up. And it's like turns the
1: battleship in. that turns into a battleship plane.
0: Yeah, yeah. that The helicarrier or whatever. Uh, when he jumps out of that and like bats down, swats down a grenade mid air as he's like, you know, going from platform to platform, that's pretty badass. Uh, he takes down Loki. Iron Man, obviously, with his entrances is a very badass move.
1: I gave Tony Stark a score of three, which is he's a badass. I think he earns this rank for his entrance if nothing else um definitely probably the best superhero entrance uh that we've seen to date i do think there's going to be one to rival it but that's going to be in a later film yeah i agree next up i gave steve rogers a score four which is i want him in my inner circle of friends because i mean come on who wouldn't want captain america in your friend circle
0: yeah true although you did say in the in the video that you know you didn't like the fact they didn't sign the cards for colson so he's not as perfect he's not as perfect in this one as he was in uh in the second film, or in this, in a, sorry, in his, in his first film.
1: He's very busy in this one and distracted, and I think he gets his priorities a little bit off. I mean, save the world or sign Coulson's cards It's definitely sign Coulson's cards first.
0: <laughs> Speaking of getting busy, let's go on to bangability. Uh, I gave both of these characters a zero. Shocking. Yeah, nothing against them, but uh, they're badasses, but I will not be jumping into bed with them.
1: And I gave them bo- both a score of four, which is uh, this will lead to some morning sex, shower sex, and thanks-see-you-later sex.
0: Yeah, and that's all we need to talk about that. So we'll move on to uh, (laughs) (laughs) relatability. You don't
1: want reasons?
0: No, 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 no. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. You want reasons, you know, like check out the YouTube videos, which I'm sure you already have checked out our YouTube. I wasn't
1: enough reasons on these things.
0: Nope, I think it's fine. Uh, Lead mail, lead mail, relatability. I gave uh, Captain America a um, one on this one. I know some people like that, but I wouldn't call them friends. So he went up in this one for me. And I gave Iron Man a three. I thought it was the best part to me. Um, at least I like to think it is, because uh, you know Tony Stark has just such a swagger in this one, and you know I'd like to think that when I'm at my most confident, I kind of I kind of bring that swagger, and I think a lot of people do when they, when they obviously are, like are feel as confident as you know Tony Stark feels all the time.
1: And for me, I gave both of these characters a score of zero, which that's initially going to sound like it's a knock against them, but really for me, this wasn't a knock against these characters at all. Um, I'm gonna take a page from Jon Stewart he had on one of his episodes many years ago he was talking about presidential elections and he said I want a president who is embarrassingly superior to me and I think that's true of my superheroes I mean if I'm gonna have a team of Avengers and especially if there's only what five of them who are gonna go out and save the whole world I want them to be embarrassingly superior to me so it didn't conflict with my enjoyment of the film at all the fact that I found these characters to be so on, on such a high playing field on, on such a pedestal because I I was very ad, I really admired what what they brought to the table and enjoyed watching them.
0: Yeah another person uh, we enjoyed watching from Thor who makes a appearance in this one again is Loki. He is our villain again and this time instead of wanting to rule Asgard he set his sights on Earth. It's like alright if I can't be the king of Asgard I'll be the king of Earth. Easy.
1: Yeah, only uh, whereas in the first Thor, where we thought, you know, Loki's not going about it the right way, the whole getting the throne, he might not be the world's worst leader. I mean, he seemed to have a pretty good head on his shoulders and have a pretty good understanding of what Asgard might need. Uh, He also was a much uh, cooler-headed individual than Thor. Unfortunately, when he decides to take over Earth, he looks... Um, like he's strung out on drugs or hungover or, or yeah, maybe he's, both. He's been
0: through some stuff. He's seen some stuff. He's he's yeah.
1: And he's definitely not in the right frame of mind to try to take over ruling anywhere. He's he's kind of suffering from unintentional douchebag syndrome.
0: Yeah, I, I think that before uh, in Thor, he's the villain only because he's at odds with 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 Thor. And this one, he really kind of turns into a malicious villain because. There's that scene where he's reading, eye scanning the guy, and like he's jamming that thing into the guy's eye to get his, uh, so they can scan it. And he sees everyone scream and yell and run in terror. And there's just a smile that he gives that is so sadistic.
1: It was sickening, really.
0: Yeah, it was I mean, a great mean In like job, the best but... way, like,
1: bravo, Tom Hiddleston, because you definitely gave us all the creeps. But it was just, it wasn't the, um, it wasn't the enjoyable Loki that we all had fun watching even yeah. if we weren't necessarily rooting for him in the first or this this Loki's a very different man.
0: And the same thing when he did with Black Widow when he was trying to torture her uh, with what he was going to do to Hawkeye. Um, and he was going to have Hawkeye, you know, kill her and everything. You know, he was just he, he was he was a lot more vicious in this one. And obviously killing Coulson that's that's going
1: to be yeah. pretty vicious. So, when it comes to how many people does this villain's end goal affect, it affects a world's health and happiness, which earns Loki a score of three.
0: And uh, how strong is the villain compared to the hero? Let's say how strong is Loki's team compared to the Avengers, the hero's team? Um, so, Loki has, you know, his staff, and he has the alien army. Um, so, I gave him uh, a two. I say it was equal to the hero. And the reason I said that is because, you know, when I reviewed Thor, I thought Loki was weaker than Thor. And so, okay, now Thor has a bunch of friends... With him, so I mean, how could I? How could he possibly be equal to them? Well, he's got you know Loki's got some friends now too, so that's why I bumped him out. Like you know, the scepter kind of puts him right on par with Thor and his hammer, and then you know the alien army kind of puts him on par with the Avengers. So that's why I I said it too. I
1: actually gave Loki a score of three. I said that uh, the villain team was stronger than the hero team. I said this for a couple of reasons. One, I think just basic strength and numbers. Um, you've got Black Widow, Thor, Iron Man, eventually Hawkeye, and Captain America. Uh, and did I say the Hulk already?
0: Uh, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember.
1: Black Widow, Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, Hawkeye. Okay, yeah, so six. potentially we have six heroes against an entire alien invasion, um, riding giant worms in the sky. Um, we've got. The humans who are going to uh, attack the island of Manhattan with a nuke. So you've also got that to deal with. <laughs> yeah, um, but on the
0: side of villains, that's not like the villain side.
1: Uh, you could probably make a case for it. They want to blow up Manhattan. There are a lot of innocent people there right now. Um, so I think our heroes, these six people have a lot to deal with. I think the aliens have strength in numbers. I also think that Loki's staff, uh, the power to turn a hero into a villain, as he does do to Hawkeye... Um, I think that just puts them at a superior strength level.
0: Now, something I wanted to talk about is uh, we didn't get to it in the video, but you talked about how Loki is a magician,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I wanted to distinguish—I want to distinguish between what is a magician and what is a wizard. Because you know, we talk about Doctor Strange, and he's a wizard, and Loki is a magician. But like, when I think magician, you know, I think of like David Copperfield. Like, I don't think of you know a magician as somebody that's very powerful.
1: Interesting. I feel like we should consult Webster's Dictionary to see what the distinction is between a definition of a wizard and the definition... Nerd of... alert! Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> you
0: always go to try to get the definition. Like when we tried to do what the definition difference was between a nerd and a dork, you had to go and look it up.
1: I'm curious. I'm wondering if there is a distinction. There's, I think it's fair. There's
0: got to be a distinction because a magician is, I don't know, a hack. And a, I think a wizard is someone that can do spells. And
1: Okay, so a, a wizard... Is uh, a wise man, one skilled in magic, also known as a sorcerer, a very clever or skillful person?
0: See, a sorceress. Yeah, that's why I would think of more. I mean, Doctor Strange is the sorcerer's supreme, but I also think of Loki as a sorcerer.
1: See, I would think of Loki as a very clever, skillful, skillful person. I think you can make the argument that he would fit definition number three of a wizard. Now. Definition of a magician is one skilled in magic, also known as a sorcerer, so they have that overlapping. One who performs tricks of illusion and sleight of hand. I think Loki is a master of illusion, hence he is a magician, not a wizard. Thank you. Boom. I'm done. (laughs) Doctor Strange is a wizard because he performs real magic, real sorcerer. It's not an illusion. It's all real. I'm done. Thank you.
0: All right. You just made Loki super lame.
1: No, I, I, are you kidding me? He is a master of illusion. He's a
0: magician, all right? No, no. In
1: in the jail cell...
0: He can make the Statue of Liberty disappear. Ooh, scary.
1: They can be rather synonymous with each other, wizard and magician. The distinction, which I think is important, is somebody who who is skilled in illusion and sleight of hand because Loki is entirely a trickster like that.
0: Now, another question I wanted to ask was, who do you think would make a better ruler. If, you, if we had to pick one ruler of Earth, and it was between Loki and Red Skull, because they both, so far, those are the two that have wanted to rule Earth. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Loki, or would you rather have Red Skull?
1: Loki, hands down.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that one's pretty easy, but I just wanted to put that out there.
1: He's just got more humanity in him than the Red Skull ever did, and uh, that's one. Two, the Red Skull uses the Nazi Party, so anybody affiliated with that should never be in a position of power, ever, of any kind. Um, and I don't think it's trustworthy. Loki, while he is really bad in this one, we've seen another side of him that is not so monstrous and horrific.
0: Next category is, do we care about the villain? Well, Loki's not so monstrous in, in, in this one, but, I mean, he's he's pretty monstrous. So, Loki got a three in this one. Uh, I hate him, and I hate him because he kills Coulson, and that's pretty much the main reason why he got a three.
1: Yeah, I also gave him a three. I hate him. Um, I think for... For me, throughout the majority of the movie, I really just wanted to kind of take him aside and smack him, and and like physically try to knock some sense into him to be like, "Why are you being such a such a expletive that I'm not going to say?" Um, when you were so cool before, like just snap out of it. You're being terrible. But then he kills Coulson, and that's when all things change. To be honest, everything before had been words, but this is when he finally does an act that's unforgivable.
0: Yeah, even after. You know, Bethany was heartbroken that you, uh, obviously because Coulson died, but that Loki was the one that did it. And after he uh, did it, she goes, "Damn it, Loki!" Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. said, she said, "It's so crushed."
1: Yeah, you ruined everything.
0: Ruined, ruined her Loki romance. Uh, <laughs> so which brings us to villain bangability. Would you bang Loki? I, I wouldn't, but I don't know. You liked him so much, you thought to t- treat, you know, do some magic in the bedroom.
1: I'm sure he could do some magic in the bedroom and after the first movie I was willing to try that I'm not so much anymore he gets a zero a personality is really what makes or breaks someone in terms of attraction and sex appeal and would you jump into bed with them Loki while being played by Tom Hiddleston and a very attractive man the minute your personality sucks then I don't care how good looking you are you could look like Chris Evans, and if your personality sucked, I still wouldn't want to get into bed with you.
0: Now it's time for definitely not a sponsor. This is definitely not a sponsor or any way you affiliate with. Definitely not Definitive or this podcast, but I think I, you know, we just need to do a plug for it. Online dictionaries. <laughs> Whenever you're in an argument and you're trying to figure out the difference between maybe a magician or a wizard... Or are you trying to find out the difference between a nerd or a dork? Online dictionaries can save your relationship. It can save lives. It can save sanity, and it can make a really cool character super lame.
1: It can also make somebody who's already right. This this, this is my right com- this is my commercial. This is my
0: commercial. <laughs> I'm sorry for that interruption. But go out and uh, you know, use a, use a dictionary every now and then. We don't we don't use it often enough. Maybe you can even go out and buy a dictionary, a physical copy of a dictionary.
1: No one buys dictionaries anymore.
0: But we should. And that's why this is a commercial for dictionaries.
1: Buy one. Or www.dictionary.com. You are just hijacked
0: my commercial, and we are going to move on to side characters.
1: <laughs> All right, so side characters. Uh, we have a lot in this one. A lot of, of really, um, it almost sounds like you're giving them less credit than they deserve by calling them side characters because they are so important. But we have one, one male and one female, I say that loosely, lead, so everybody else has to fall into the side character category. So for side characters, we have Agent Coulson, Nick Fury, Hawkeye, Thor, Bruce Banner, and Black Widow.
0: So for me, uh, for Nick Fury and Hawkeye, I gave them both a one. Um, Hawkeye especially, I, I could see how you could bump up, bump him up a little bit. One of the things I wish they would have done with Hawkeye is maybe establish him a little bit earlier in, in some of the films. I don't know. Maybe we could have gotten like a Black Widow film or something. You know, I know that's coming out in uh, in May of next year. Well deserved. She definitely needs her own film. But when Hawkeye gets turned, I felt like that should be a more impactful moment when you know Black Widow has to fight Hawkeye, and you know seeing Hawkeye have to do all these terrible things. Uh, you know, if you weren't a fan of the comic books and you know you didn't really know him so much as a hero, uh, you know it, it probably didn't do anything for you. And so. I thought that it would have been better if we would have gotten more of Black Widow and Hawkeye's relationship before this movie. They kind of like talk about it during the movie, you know, but it's like at, th- at that point, I'm, I don't know. You're you're trying to force me to k- to care about this, you know, in, in an artificial way. So uh, that's why I ended up giving them a one.
1: It's interesting that you say that because I, I really did not have uh, much of any familiarity with Hawkeye or Black Widow from the comics. And while I agree with you that I think... Um, could have been more impactful to have had their story beforehand. And also, while I think they didn't uh, they didn't do justice from a story storytelling perspective in terms of the writing of this history because it's really given to us all in exposition. And mm-hmm. exposition is not the most compelling form of storytelling when you're doing a visual medium like a movie. That being said, I thought that Scarlett Johansson and Jeremy Renner acted the hell out of it. And it was their performances and clearly what the two of them had done for themselves and for each other with backstory, history, filling in the blanks of what we never get to to hear about on screen. I totally believe that they had something going on because they just, they sold it so well. And so for that reason, I gave Hawkeye a score of two, which is the hero becomes less likable, redeemable, and relatable without him. And I think... I think he did this for our heroes in terms of Captain America and Iron Man just because of the impact it has on one of their own being turned, but then I also felt he really did this miles and miles above and beyond for the character of Black Widow. And then I actually also gave uh, Coulson a score of two because I didn't realize that we were going to have a curveball coming about Coulson, so I'm going to put a pin in that to come back to later.
0: And then you gave Nick Fury a 1 as well, right?
1: I gave Nick Fury a 1. Yeah, that's correct. I really thought he was just there for the plot.
0: Uh, and then for Hulk and Thor, I gave them a 2. I thought the hero becomes more, you know, more likable uh, with them in it. And because I like them as part of the Avengers. And uh, I like them teamed up with Captain America and Iron Man. And, you know, they're like, you know, Thor's Thor and Iron Man... Trading trading jabs back and forth, and uh, you know Bruce Banner, you know doing his nerd stuff with 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 Tony Stark, and um, I thought that uh, you know really uh, I could still have their interaction with with Tony Stark more so than it is with with Captain America. Captain America kind of his action interaction is more with um, again Tony Stark, and uh, and kind of Nick Fury, um, but yeah, so I gave them a two.
1: I actually gave Black Widow, Bruce Banner, and Thor all a score of three. I thought all of them brought humor to to the film. I thought they all made contributions in every single one of their scenes that really gave us a sense of who this team was, how they played off of each other, um, and it just—I really thought they did a great job through their own humor establishing the relationships that are going to be such a key part of this team.
0: I, I gave Black Widow a three. Um, I said in our YouTube uh page uh video that you know i thought that she was the best avenger out of all of them except for you know our two leads um and then now moving on to the controversy of colson i gave colson a five it's not on our sheet
1: yeah, there's no controversy except that you just did something off script
0: yeah so i did i did i did something off script because when i okay when i'm watching this colson obviously brings a lot of heart to this film and um he makes the characters more more likable you know his interaction with captain america how he's a little fanboy with him uh, his, you know, um, with Pepper Potts and Tony Stark, uh, the, you know that whole interaction was was great when he was there.
1: I mean, let's face it, colson is us. Yeah, he's the audience member. Think about if you got to be put in a room with Thor and Hulk and Captain America and Tony Stark, and I mean, God, wouldn't we all turn into little fan nerds?
0: No, we definitely would. Um, but then he's also very funny. When he's talking on the phone with Black Widow and she's kicking butt and he's kind of like, you know, on hold and he's kind of like dancing around. Like he's like, like her kicking these guys' butt is like his hold music. And when he's dying, he, he, he makes a joke there. Uh, so I thought he was funny as well. But to say that he's just funny, I don't think it's doing him any many service. And say he's just there for the heart, I don't think he's doing him enough service. So really, that's why I made him the most central side character. He got a two plus a three, which makes it a five because of the highest score. He's the MVP of the side characters, which there doesn't always need to be a most central side character in all the movies. But when someone kind of just raises himself above everyone else and um, really becomes essential, like, just really stands out. And to have Coulson stand out when you have frickin' Black Widow and Thor and, and the Incredible Hulk, I mean, the guy definitely deserved that that five.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no controversy about him deserving it. I just didn't know it existed until now.
0: Yeah, well, you've taken plenty of liberties with this with this score sheet. Have I now? Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. You probably haven't seen the videos yet, but we, we you'll see it later. She so just, some of this stuff is outrageous.
1: <laughs> Moving on to the plot. Uh, so for this movie, I gave the plot a score of four, which is I wouldn't get up to the bathroom or look down at my popcorn. Um, it is a classic, good versus evil at its very core, but it does have some delicious turns the fact that it's two males as our leads it takes a little bit of a of a turn away from uh stereotypes and like the uber traditional route it's also got great like buddy comedy between a lot of these characters and it doesn't rely on a romance so you know all in all while at the core it's good versus evil it does take some unexpected and delicious turns to get there
0: agreed i gave it a four as well Moving on to female empowerment now. What role do women play in this movie? Uh, so I completely forgot about Black Widow's move in the end, and it yeah, was, what
1: role does a woman play to help the end of the movie?
0: Uh, it was it was hilarious um, because <laughs> uh, as I was as I gave it a two, I can just see Bethany off screen, uh, you know, behind the camera, just just shooting daggers at me, it's just like she she was so furious that I gave it a two, and I said there was no strong wo- move by a woman in the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much shooting daggers. I think I went a, a bit bug-eyed when I first heard him say it because I just thought, "This can't, like, what? I mean, how it, did he watch the end of the movie?"
0: And I and I kept, I kept thinking, "Like, why is she looking at me like this? Why is she getting so angry?" And then I thought about Black Widow. Uh, so I originally gave it a two, but then I had to bump it up to a three. Just, I mean, you know, because I was wrong. That, that was wrong. You know, we talk, about, we argue a lot about our scores back and forth, and we rarely ever change them, you know, we kind of almost like feel like we have to stick with our scores, but this was just, I mean, this was completely wrong. There's no debate debate about that without a strong move from Black Widow, they would not have had victory, so it's definitely a three.
1: Yeah, and uh, really, there were were two strong women in this movie. Um, One is obviously much more of a central character than the other, but I just want to give a special shout out to S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent Maria Hill. Um, She's not a huge character, but when I think of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and I think of... um, how they're depicted in this, it's kind of like your average person in this in this world, you know. It's obviously, not in terms of like being the victim or the damsel in distress. We see plenty of those running from the aliens and whatnot. But it's like if you're gonna be in this Marvel world on the side of good and you're not a superhero, you're probably fighting for Shield. So it gives us a little bit of like, yeah, these are the strong, the strong men and women on the front lines who are who are fighting these battles, even though. They don't have a, a powerful hammer or a super shield or, you know, they're us.
0: Yeah. And there's something I missed, actually. I, look, I was checking our notes and there's something I wanted to talk about. And I think I probably wanted to talk about it on plot. The the one thing, I don't know if it's a negative about it, but I thought it was kind of funny in when they use the Independence Day logic as far as if you kill the mothership, all the other aliens die. <laughs> and you kind of even mentioned how they, yeah, even the way that they kill it, like they throw it like right at the center of it, you know, and, oh. and that's, that's how they end up killing the aliens uh, i just thought that was kind of funny that you know they kind of like completely ripped off independence day for that
1: yeah um it, it was funny because i think you said you even turned to me and said that as you we were watching it and i mean this movie is really great so i had to, I, have to admit, I hadn't been thinking of that i was really invested in the movie but the minute that you pointed it out and then sure enough the entire thing plays out exactly like the end of independence day um yeah i mean I guess if you're gonna steal, steal from, steal from good things, and you know, Independence Day was a great summer blockbuster, and I'm pretty sure Avengers came out as a summer blockbuster too. So they followed the right formula. So next up is soundtrack, and I gave soundtrack a score of three. I said it's a driving force behind the scenes in the movie. Um, this is in large part the Avengers theme. We really establish it in this movie, and uh, I think you said in your video it gives you chills.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, when I when I hear it, it starts to give me chills. Um,
1: I think it's kind of like the Star Wars theme to our parents' generation, the Avengers theme. It, it's not quite at that level no. yet, but I think it's got it's got a similar impact on, on at least those of us who really love the Marvel movies.
0: Yeah, we might have to we're have to start to rank all the uh, all the theme songs for all of our favorite favorite movies. I mean, it might be up there with
1: Indiana Jones, maybe Jaws, Jaws. Very different emotional reaction from from the Jaws. A very uh, simple Jaws, soundtrack, but
0: yeah, I don't know if I give even get it as iconic as Jaws yet. Uh, but you know, cause I mean, Star Wars is just yeah, no Star Wars. I don't know.
1: I don't know. You were humming the Marvel or the Avengers theme in the car the other day, coming back from the grocery store. Yeah, I
0: was. I was. I was humming it, but I don't think I could. I don't think I could. I don't think it's, it's definitely not as recognizable as, as, as the Star Wars theme. And it's not as old as the Star Wars theme. So that's one of the reasons.
1: So this is time for definitely not a commercial. Uh, we are in no way affiliated or connected to any of the things that we are going to advertise on our podcast. But for when you are a super fan, of uh, perhaps a sport or a person in general, cards are a great way to show your fandom. Uh, if you can get those cards signed, they can even become collector's items that could one day be worth a fortune. Like if Captain America signed his card. So, if you are a super fan, and you have collectibles, we highly recommend investing in some collector's cards.
0: See, and I didn't interrupt your your commercial.
1: It's because mine was awesome. <laughs> Next up is the humor score.
0: For humor, this movie was hilarious. It got the highest humor score so far. Um, there was just... I think it probably could have even gotten more uh laughs out of me um just because sometimes when I was like making ticks on on my sheet I think I missed a couple jokes here and there uh, but I got a fifty three
1: yeah I mean I think sometimes uh i I also gave it a fifty three and I think sometimes it was hard to judge because sometimes the humor was so great like one joke would roll into a second would roll into a third and it was it was hard to know like well I'm just continuing to laugh do I give this like one one score do I give this two scores three scores um so the humor just for this film, it was on point. It seemed like the writers really knew who they were writing for. They knew how they delivered jokes. They really catered to each individual character, what the strengths are. Um, and it the actors and director just made it all come off flawlessly. Next up is uh, visual effects. So for this, I gave it a score of three. I said it was definitely big screen worthy.
0: I agree. Um, you know, the action scenes are really great between them. That's definitely visually appealing. But I also really love... How they come up with different ways to get Iron Man in and out of his suit?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Every every movie they come up with different ways to give up to get Iron Man like you know in and out of his suit. And you know this one, uh, you know he's kind of getting taken out piece by piece uh, as he's walking along the platform, and then he dives out the window, and then he has the Iron Man suit kind of like read the scanner on his wrist and it, it you know engulfs him. Uh, so I really you know applaud their creativity with trying to keep coming up with different ways for that.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, the CGI in this was good. Uh, Loki's costume changes through CGI were great. Um, and then, of course, the plane, the helicarrier as it blends into the clouds. Like, all the CGI was just really, really smooth. And, and, and you, I mean, if the logical side of your brain was going, this is fake. It's not something that you could necessarily tell through, through like, just the naked eye that it wasn't really happening. Um, I also love the introduction of the buddy moves. Uh, we had Thor and Hulk. We had Captain America and Iron Man. I mean, when they use the shield to kind of bounce Iron Man's, like, what, what do I even call that? Like
0: uh, Plasma uh, Blaster? Plasma Ray. There yeah. we go.
1: Um, and use it to, like, bounce off the shield and hit other targets. I mean, it was just, the buddy moves were a great introduction. I think, one, because it made the fight scenes more appealing. We got to see the, our, our teams pair up with people. Um, it's also just great in general for video game creation. And, you know, I mean, so it was sort yeah. of many functions.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you no, know, it's not next on our sheet, but we'll just go into that anyway, since we're already talking about the action sequences. Uh, the action sequences in this were were, were amazing. Um, there were six action sequences in this one. And they didn't, they weren't, you know, except for the end where, you know, the end was a kind of a long action sequence. But for the most part, they kept them kind of a little bit short and sweet. And they peppered them throughout. And so there were six action sequences in this one. And they were all great, and I was sad when they ended. So I gave it a four.
1: And I think you summed it up summed it up perfectly. I also gave it a score of four, which was I was sad when they were in, when they ended too.
0: Yeah, and you want to see your like favorite you know characters going going after each other. You know, can Thor you know beat up Iron Man, or you know can Thor beat up Hulk? And you know we don't necessarily get the answer to all those questions, but it's fun seeing your heroes that don't normally fight each other fight each other in this one. Uh, you know, and so in Black Widow versus versus Hawkeye. Uh, so. It, the, the action sequences were, were very interesting, and um, they did a great job with that, this movie.
1: Yep. Um, so, backtracking a little bit, we're going to go next to the love story, um, which this is an interesting one to dissect. Because, like we said previously, all the love stories have been between our lead male and our lead female, which have always been romantic. the hero and then his romantic love affair damsel in distress type of character this is a little different
0: it's kind of like a, a buddy flick uh buddy action hero, you know flick. like um you know like a like a 48 hours or something um so the love story in this is between two friends and i thought i put a nice little bow on the whole the whole story um between captain america and iron man they haven't quite reached that friendship yet and you had talked about it maybe being a bromance but I, i'm wondering is it a bromance or is it like a frenemies kind of thing
1: i definitely didn't get frenemies from it i mean because when i think of frenemies i think of the people who to your face are one thing and behind your back or something different that's
0: like a a, a mean girl frenemies i think you know for me frenemies are just people that are uh you know friends out of convenience when they have to be but other than that they're kind of like at odds with each other and so that's why i think like sometimes you know captain america and iron man are or at odds with each other. And, you know, there's even that time where, you know, Captain Marvel's like, put on the suit, put on the suit. Uh, and then they make a joke about it later. But, um, so that's what I was kind of wondering. I'm like, cause like bromance seems like, you know, they kind of like hit it off right away. And, you know, they're, they're joking around and and all buddy-buddy and everything. Um, so I didn't know if it was bromance or it was it frenemies or kind of like a, a brofren- bromance frenemies? I don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't think you can blend those two No, words. I think you can. Um, but no, I think you bring up an interesting point. I mean, and, and maybe this is like a guy-girl distinction because I think... I'm probably not the only one who's experienced, like the frenemies that you have when you're in high school and junior high and things, they're the people who pretend to your face to be your friend and who behind your back are completely the opposite. I don't know if um, that's
0: a frenemy, I think that's just a bitch. Well,
1: <laughs> could yeah, could be could be some of that too. Um, but, you know, I think that maybe that's the difference between like guys and girls, because they do say that girls can be a lot meaner and cattier towards each other. And so perhaps what is a frenemy in like... The girl world is a little bit different mm-hmm. than the friend of me and the guy world.
0: Well, I mean, but I think the difference with this one is that Captain America and Iron Man are kind of good for each other, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I think they're definitely good for each other. I think they'll challenge each other in the right ways to move beyond both of their comfort zones, which isn't necessarily always going to be something they'll appreciate about each other, but in the long run, it's probably going to be good for them.
0: Next up is dialogue. Something where we differed. I thought there were some uh, corny one-liners in there. I can't think you like the Avengers line uh we'll we'll damn well avenge them oh because we can't protect it (laughs) we damn sure well avenge Avenge it it. oh i can't believe that
1: yep i also wrote down a couple of the other lines that i really liked which is uh i love them black widow is fighting the guys in the very beginning and she's completely just she's got them wrapped around her little finger she's playing them like a fiddle uh and she's playing her little part of the, the the damsel who's tied up to the chair and then the one guy says something about the girl being pretty, and she goes, "You think I'm pretty?" And it's like right before she's great. about to kick their butt. So it was just—I mean, that in and of itself isn't a great line, but the delivery of it, the—I mean, that scene was perfect. Um, I love. Oh God, who was it? I think it was Tony Stark who says it. Um, yeah, or, it's Tony Stark. When he's talking about um, what's what's your secret? Is it yoga? He's talking to Bruce Banner about how he keeps his anger in check, um, and I just thought that was great.
0: Yeah, Tony Stark's got some good one-liners, you know, when he calls everyone different things like Point Break and uh, <laughs> Reindeer Games, and I loved, I, I completely forgot that he called uh, Hawkeye, you know, Legolas. I thought that was hilarious. actually. I, I think that was me the first time I ever heard that.
1: I love Captain America's line, people just might need a little old-fashioned. I thought that was good. Um, I love when Thor's talking about Loki, and he's, like, defending him, like, Hardcore, and then they point out what he's doing, and he goes, Yeah, well, he's adopted. Um, so for me, I gave dialogue a score of four. I said, I'm gonna be quoting that movie for years to come,
0: and I gave it a two, um, just because of the some of the negative th- dialogue that I thought wasn't great. I thought Nick Fury's lines in the beginning weren't amazing. Um, the, I, the whole beginning, I kind of actually had a problem with, uh, and part of the reasons was the the the, the dialogue where Nick Fury's talking about like being barreled, like the pharaohs of old and Hawkeye saying oh i I see better from a distance oh that's why he's Hawkeye. oh because he has the eye of a hawk and he sees better from a distance um those didn't bother me yeah and what also bothered me was so loki comes in there right and uh first of all when he like jumps at somebody with the scepter it's like he like flies through the air it's like what loki doesn't fly That, that that was weird uh and i have a problem with the way loki fires his scepter because anybody that's fired a gun before, um, so Loki puts his scepter forward, and then as it's firing, as it's releasing, like you know that cosmic energy or whatever from the the mind stone, he pull he pulls it back. He pulls his arm back, and now that thing's got to be super powerful. If you fired a gun before, like that's got some kickback, and that that'll push back. So as you're firing the scepter, like Loki's arm would tear off. All right, so that's just one. He shouldn't be pulling back as he's as he's firing. He should be thrusting it forward. So I had a problem with that.
1: <laughs> I don't have much experience firing scepters, so I'm gonna give Loki the benefit of the doubt.
0: And the other thing I had a problem with was Loki, as they're as they're escaping, Maria Hill goes, "Hey, where are you guys going?" And Loki has this look like he's scared, like oh, he's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't want to be found out," you know. What are you scared, of Maria Hill, for, dude? You like just turn her, all right? Just use your scepter, turn her on your side, and get the hell out of there. Like he's, he's looking like he's actually scared that they're gonna like be be caught. Oh, oh no, I'm gonna be caught right now. I just kicked Hawkeye's ass, but I'm afraid of Maria Hill. I'm sorry. I just you know it's not the fact that that's Maria Hill or that's a woman. It's just the fact that like why are you scared of any Shield agent, dude? Like the only person you should be scared of is are the Avengers. So sorry, but I wrote that down and I didn't get to talk about it in the video and I skipped over it again, but I had to talk about it this time. The beginning I was not in love with, uh, but the rest of the film was, was great. But, um, yeah, I give dialogue it too. It's
1: okay, baby. It's okay. Moving on to the last category, which is heart, And I gave this a score of four. I said it warms the heart and it waters the eyes. And I got to give this pretty much 99% to Coulson.
0: Yeah, it was 99% to Colson. That's why I said I got a little misty eye, but it could just be allergies. I gave it a three um, because, you know, Colson gets me. I mean, you know, when Colson dies, it's definitely very, very heartbreaking. Um, and, you know, seeing the fact on it has on the, the other Avengers. Uh, so this movie didn't get any negatives, so all we have are positive scores. And it also got fist bumps. We got a new category, fist bumps. Every time, you know, we just get so excited that, you know, you want to shake something or, you know, sit up in your seat and you're just, pump a fist. So for me, it got three fist pumps.
1: I gave it four.
0: That brings my total score for the Avengers to 130.
1: Mine was 134, but with the four fist bumps, it becomes 138.
0: Which means our total score for Avengers is 134, which puts it far and away in the league of any other film. It's the only one in triple digits. So rewatching this film, as we're, as we're going through this, and now we've seen pretty much all the other movies mm-hmm. that the Marvel's put out, there were a couple little of... Uh, I don't know, they're not like Easter eggs, really. Um, but there were a couple of little things in here that I, I, I found, I noticed more this time around. One, when they were talking about we need to move on to Phase 2. So, they're, like, Nick Fury's talking to the War Council or whatever, you know, they're all on the little TV screens, and it's like, just like we are gonna we need to move on to Phase 2, to Phase 2. And that's cool because this is like the last film in Phase 1 for Marvel. So, yes, they are going to move on to Phase 2. So that was a little nerd nerd thing that I thought was pretty nice. cool. Nice, nice. Um, and then when uh the hulk is um they're talking about okay so they're talking, so they're, they're recruiting the hulk to try to come into uh the avengers and everything and they reveal the tesseract to the hulk and they, you know, he's talking to bruce banner black widow's talking to bruce banner and then uh bruce banner goes what do you want what do you want me to do swallow it and that brought up captain marvel where the cat swallows the tesseract and mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, I'm like, did they know this beforehand that they were going to do this? That they were going to have a character, like, you know, the cat swallow it in Captain Marvel, like, 20 films down the line? Or is this just something that, you know, they maybe rewatch the Avengers and they go, oh, you know what? Like, like let's, let's table that. Like, let's later on have a character. Or I mean, maybe they thought the Hulk was, was, was going to swallow it at one point. But I thought that was cool too. I thought that was fun.
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely a nice little Easter egg. Um.
0: And then, uh, and then the only thing, you know, I, I, know I talked so much about it the beginning, but. The fact that, also, I thought it was confusing. So the Mind Stone is in Loki's scepter, um, but they make the scepter blue, so it's like the same color as the, the tesseract. tesseract. And I was yes. like, can't you just make it a different color?
1: Yep, I have, to, I have to agree with that, because I think it was maybe this time watching it that I actually got that distinction. Before, since the Tesseract had been So introduced already, I always just assumed blue and blue. It was the Tesseract that was powering the scepter.
0: Yeah, and I did too. And so that's I never realized that the Mind Stone got introduced in this one until like you know later on in Avengers and you know putting it together later. Uh, But yeah, so right now our scoring breaks down for the Avengers get one hundred and thirty four. Next one is Thor with fifty (laughs) nine. It's quite a drop. Uh, Iron Man at fifty five point five um captain america at 40.5 iron man 2 at 39.5 and the hulk at 21 now i think iron man should be above thor i'm okay with it but i think that you know you you did too much with jane foster you 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 gave jane foster too high of a score for Thor's.
1: i admitted that in the video i, I think that i was overcompensating for my dislike of her yeah. which is not my dislike of natalie portman it's just my dislike of probably Natalie Portman in this particular role and my dislike of this particular character. Cause seriously, I mean, Jane Foster, or Lady Sif. What, what is Thor thinking?
0: Yeah. yeah. No idea what he's thinking. Um, but hopefully join us. So join us next week when we uh, do our video for Iron Man three, uh, check out that video and also check out the podcast for Iron Man three. Um, if you go to our YouTube page, please like, and subscribe. It helps us out a lot, and yeah, thanks for listening.
1: And we are now signing off for our podcast on the Avengers. Please join us next time, and for now, this is definitely not definitive.